Hey there, badass. Welcome to the Leading Rebels podcast, your bi-weekly dose of inspiring advice dished up by kick-ass female leaders. I'm your host, Catherine Dell, and this is episode six, an interview with Evelina Robacek, founder and CEO of Biotrio. She shares how you can showcase your leadership potential, listen to your ambition, and let go of fear. In an ideal world, everyone would cheer us on to become leaders. Reality can be less kind. It is exactly those moments of adversity that we are poised for tremendous growth. If only we're courageous enough to take the leap. Evelina has had to have that courage multiple times in her career. She's the founder and CEO of Atrio, a predictive promotion management platform that helps to maximize the efficiency of discount, referral, and coupon programs. Previously, she worked at Rocket Intern in Berlin, gaining venture development experience as an expert in online marketing, CRM, and product setting the strategy for Rocket Startups globally. As always, no need to write down notes. Just enjoy the conversation and head on over to leadingrebels.com slash six after the episode for all key takeaways and action points. Now let's get started. Hi, Evelina. Lovely to um, meet with you today at The Factory, which is super exciting. I love co-working spaces. Do you want to maybe introduce yourself to the audience a little bit before we get started and dive deep into your leadership story? Sure, gladly. Hi everyone, I'm Evelina. I originally come from Poland. I've been in Berlin for six years, currently working on Vautry.io, which is AI-powered discount management platform. Previously, I worked at Rocket Internet in Berlin, gaining venture development experience as expert of online marketing, CRM and product. Cool. So going back in time a little bit, what was your first experience with leadership? Was uh, was there a role model? Was there maybe somebody you saw? What was your first experience there? Well, my first role model was actually my grandma. I spent a lot of time with her as my uh, mother was working every day full time. So I grew up with her and I loved her stories, how she was telling me that she moved to my hometown when she was 19 and that was uh, post-war, so uh, 1945, which was a really a big thing for a single woman to just move across the country alone. And then she started to work in a coal mine. And I really loved her stories, how she worked in a coal mine together with men. Uh, she met her husband there. And she also has been telling me how much he was helping her uh, to cook and uh, take care of the house. So that's really great. Coming back to your main question, what was my first leadership experience? So I have been working since I was very, very young. I started when I was 12, 13, uh, work on uh, part-time jobs, um, started from selling cosmetics for Avon, Oriflame, whatever I could get some uh, money. So that was, that was cool. But the first uh, team, team I built when I started a female leadership a club at my university called uh, Entrepreneurial Woman. Yeah, so the goal of the club was empowering young female graduates by organizing meetups, workshops, and enabling them to meet established successful women. What motivated you to start that club in the first place? So I had um, a really interesting story. Two years before, I went to Amsterdam uh, to earn some money between in my um, high school break. And I started working in the flower factory. And after a first week, we got our first salaries. At the time, I noticed that I was the only woman there. 
Um, the rest of the boys were in my age, but uh, of course they were boys. Anyway, um, after we got the salary, I noticed that I have around 50 euro less. And then of course I uh, thought it was simply a mistake, right? Because everyone else had uh, much more than I. So I went to the boss and asked him, hey, you made a mistake. I got uh, less money than others. And he looked at me and say, do you want to earn as much as men? You're a woman. And I was like really shocked. Why would he say that? Um, like I told him, hey, we are in Europe. We did exactly the same job. Well, why is there a difference, right? It's not that they made more than I did because it was just a flower factory. Um, yeah, but of course he sent me away and next day he called me to not come back to, to work. So of course I found another work, but since then I was really, really motivated to, to change that and really make sure that the women are actually fighting for equality and um, all women, especially those young who start their entrepreneurial careers, can learn from uh, older established females how to deal with such things because um, yeah I, I was really surprised and of course I also didn't know how to react right yeah I think that's also a very important thing we don't expect those things sometimes to happen to us and when they do you, you're confronted with them for the first time you think okay what am I supposed to do here am I uh, in quotation marks allowed to yeah. do something or what is what the is protocol just how yeah. it should be right yeah um, yeah, but I decided I do not agree with that and I really wanted to make sure other women yeah, have the power as well. That's a super amazing initiative that you started that and then you not did it just for yourself, but also wanted to pass it on to, to more people do for themselves. Yeah, so that worked pretty nicely. Um, even my best friend, she got hired by the woman who has been a speaker who ran a bank, a city bank in Poland. So I was, that was really satisfying for me. How was it? How was your journey after? I mean, you built up this amazing club, so I guess you had a good university time in that sense. How was your next steps also, I guess, with leaving uh, Poland? During my studies, I also worked full time in a, in a bank and I ran uh, this club. So at some point I had to really quit one thing and of course that could not be studies because I was already at the third year and I couldn't quit my job because I had to pay for my studies so I had already I built a team of uh, five people so uh, one girl was really motivated to continue that I hand over uh, the club to her and I decided to focus on my study and, and pass exams however of course that made me very unhappy because yeah, I already felt this um, entrepreneurial drive. You know, it, it might sound silly, but I really wanted to change the world, right? And working in a big corporation, in a, in a Polish bank, you could not really do that. So at some point, together with my friend, we came to Berlin for a weekend and we loved it so much that um, we just say, hey, how about we move here? And then together we came back to Poland, we quit our jobs. I decided I will take a break in my last year of studying. Um, so I, I postponed it to another year. And then next month we, we just moved to Berlin. 
That's a that's super crazy. I think from how did the people <laughs> around you react? How did your parents, your friends, did anybody say like, were they more supportive? Were they like, yes, go for this? Or were they a little bit, I guess, perplexed about what you decided to do? Yeah, so of course my parents were very angry with me. So I think my dad, for a long time, he couldn't talk to me because I was the first person in the family who really went to university. So for him, that was really important to give me a good education. I, of course, didn't have much money. I had only 300 euro from uh, one Polish uh, salary. And uh, together with my friend, we moved here even hitchhiking. So of course, my dad totally thought I'm crazy and he could not financially also support my decision. However, after a few months, uh, we found job in a hotel. So it was really hard for a person that worked in a bank, so with banking experience, to find the same job uh, at the same level without speaking German. So that was very tough. And of course, my English also wasn't that good as it's now. Therefore, the only job we could find was in the hotel. However, after a few months, I actually found a job at Rocket Internet, <laughs> which is another another great story. Yeah, I actually would love to follow up on that. I think that's also, um, I mean, a complete change. I think it's a completely new world a little bit. How, how did you get in there? How did you feel when you got there? Um, how was the transition? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> from banking through hotel, being uh, cleaning as a maid to Rocket Internet, <laughs> yeah. So I met a person through a student organization called Isaac. He was previously working at Groupon. Then he joined a new rocket venture as a chef marketing officer. And he was looking for marketing interns. So of course, running my female organization, I did um, a lot of promotion. I did HTML. Yeah, so I did a lot of promotions there. Um, newsletter also built the website so I could really present him that and he sold me this idea of creating a new project new product spreading it across uh, the world actually the product started in Berlin but was scaled across Europe uh, South America Asia so for me it was really exciting um, to, to be able to work in such um, in such environment and I know your your time there of course um, was a bit longer I think you started as an intern but you stayed for much longer than just an internship and I think your story what I know about it of how you became a team leader is also super interesting yeah. <laughs> yes that, that's another uh, funny story um, of course so I joined rocket internet and I really worked hard um, because I knew that I want to stay there. I, I like it there. I like the environment, of course. Um, it was totally different. And I joined Rocket with the mind that this is where I'm going to stay for longer. And of course, I did not work as an intern. I took new projects. I, I started new things. Uh, after three months, um, I got uh, a salary hike because I wasn't intern anymore. And after five months, I got a proposal from Rocket, the headquarter team, to join their global CRM uh, team and take care of all um, the ventures at Rocket's portfolio. 
Yes, of course, there I had a lot of opportunities to work with global teams, global rocket ventures, learn from them, but also spread best practices, do the health checks and really make sure that um, we have, we keep the high standards across the world. So there I had a chance to uh, meet uh, much more senior colleagues uh, and one of them, uh, despite working in marketing, he also finished computer science. So he really taught me a lot how to use technology in the marketing. And we started this um, personalization marketing, which at that point of time in 2012, even 2011, um, that wasn't uh, that common like it is now. So what we did at the very beginning, we collected the data across um, single customers. We mined those data together and created um, those uh, personalized uh, marketing campaigns. We started from email, then it spread to, to mobile marketing, display marketing, um, Facebook. So I'd love to know how the leadership position that you ended up taking at Rocket materialized. What happened and how did you, I'm going to say quotation marks, get it? Yeah, sure. So as I told you, I work with the senior colleague um, who was really talented. He, he had a PhD in marketing and he got another offer and he left the company. And then I was basically the only person that knew this project and was really passionate about it. So I really loved the idea that we were bridging a gap with, between marketing and uh, technology. Yeah, a, a person from Rocket asked me if I would be up for it to take the position. And of course, I had a lot of doubts because I did not study computer science. I just learned it by myself from my colleague. And I used to do online courses, uh, the basics of uh, computer science. I learned um, SQL, the, the basic Python. Uh, but of course, that was not enough to run a really technological uh, product. So, of course, many people told me, hey, you will just embarrass yourself. Yeah, that, that's why I think I was uh, very afraid at the beginning. And once I took the position, yeah, I, I took it because I really saw a chance for myself. And I knew that there is no one else with such passion to this product as I was. So I decided, okay, I will take it. And then I will basically make sure that I, I learn on the job. So um, I just thought about what I don't know and then I decided to, to basically learn. That is um, a very common thing that women actually, I mean, statistically it's been shown that if you send out a job application, men, if they feel that they have like 60-70% of what's in there, they will apply. Women, mm -hmm. if they see one or two things, they're like, well, I, don't, I can't do that 100%. They won't even apply because they will say I don't fit this description 100% so I'm, so I'm not even going to try for it and um, I think the this uh, as you said what you did of there's things I can learn but I have the basic that is important to do it and then I will go with it I think that's super important for us to do more often in these kind of situations yes definitely um, so I think I approached it and uh, that uh, I knew that it's a great opportunity for me to learn and, and this is what I actually wanted uh, for that project, from that project, right? So, of course, I thought, okay, people are going to criticize me, people are going to laugh uh, of me. But at the end of the day, if I learn 
on this job, then this is something that will stay with me forever, right? And this is the most important that I think every woman should really think about uh, herself and um, remember that every step you just invest in yourself. And then how did that, uh, I mean, evidently you did not fail <laughs> since the, <laughs> since the well, team grew. <laughs> you um, should ask my boss about <laughs> it, probably. But uh, I, w- I will say that I don't, I don't think um, it seems like you failed. How was it growing that team since, I mean, you did say it's a very technology-driven product that you're working and leading. And um, I mean, this is unfortunate. We want more women in those kind of fields. But especially back then, I imagine the people that you hired and were on your team were all guys who were very techie. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> was that ever a thing or were you all harmonious in your collaborations or how did that interaction and how did you work with them was that successful how did you feel about it was there anything that you would say stood out to you so i think i was really lucky because every guy on my team was very respectful Um, so i never experienced that they would you know harass me or they would feel that that I, I fail at the job. So of course, on the one side, um, I was really trying to to show them that that I know things because um, yeah, of course, I couldn't just put my fist on the table and say this is what we are doing, right? But I had to really uh, resonate with them and and also I gave them a lot of freedom, right? So I think that's very important for every product owner that you should really listen to your team to your developers so that was that was really cool uh, with some of the people I hired I brought them from other teams from Brazil um, so this was a very good idea as the people were already passionate about product and then we just we just worked hard for it together um, but of course uh, I made a lot of mistakes so I think at the beginning I very focused on on really got deep into the skills that and into the things that they were doing. So for instance, I, uh, as I told you, I've learned coding. I, I uh, worked on directly on the servers. So um, the, yeah, actually the product was um, very funny because there was no user interface. <laughs> so I, I thought that, okay, if I will get deeper and get more specialized into this, then I will become a better leader. Yeah, so one day I asked my boss for feedback. Um, how can I get better? And he told me, Evelina, you know, I noticed that you really got into the operational stuff and you really started to specialize. And that's cool that you're um, developing those skills. But as a leader, you need, to rem- uh, you need to remember that you don't need to be a specialist. Your job is actually to look at the big picture and really lead the project and with your vision. And I think that was that really opened my eyes because as I noticed around uh, my female colleagues, this is very common in, in us girls. So, you know, if, if there is a man, he doesn't care that he doesn't know, let's say Excel or this skill, that skill, he still goes through, you know, and the top position. But um, even I have a great example of a friend who works in marketing. Yeah, she told me she, she, she got a higher, she got a promotion. However, now after the promotion, 
she learns, you know, all those JavaScript uh, scripts. Mm. Um, and I ask her, okay, but you know that the senior you get, the more it matters that you just connect the dots. You need to know the basics, you need to know how the things work, but at the end of the day, you're the leader and you work with specialists and you need to make sure all those things come together. Especially because otherwise you're not giving your team members the space to do what they do best. If you're basically saying, I can do your job in quotation marks by learning all the same things, you're yeah, not giving so, them the freedom. <laughs> yeah, so definitely micromanaging, it's not the way to do it <laughs> with teams, yeah. No, but that's, a, I think, a very bad point that, that I think we forget. I think people often assume they get promoted or put in leadership positions because they showed great skill, which of course, is part of it, but very often it's because they show that they can think beyond and that they can think in a bigger picture, as you said, yeah. and, and connect things. And then, but because we've been working so much on the skill side, we say like, okay, so I just have to maximize the skill side <laughs> rather than like, okay, take a step back and see like what comes actually, I would say naturally, because I think we undervalue what comes easier to us. We think we have to learn aggressively something to mm -hmm. be able to apply it. And I was like, okay, because you have this experience, you have something that comes easy to you, but it's actually really hard for other people. This is why you're in that position. Yes. And yeah, that's a very bad point. So I think it was definitely a very big learning experience um, that uh, yes, into position. Yes, definitely. So um, unfortunately, after, um, after two years, I had to close down project because of course uh, the market for those multi-channel um, CRM tools grew so much that it was not really it didn't make sense to build it internally so we decided that we we shut down the team um, and then we focus on on different projects how was that for you how was um, I guess this was your first big ownership of something even if it's for the company of something else how was it for you to let that go, I'd say, move on in a way to something else? Um, yeah, of course, it was It was very hard because, um, yeah, that was um, one of the, the first things uh, that um, I had a chance to work um, on the very beginning, right? So it was like a, like a baby, right? Um, yeah, and it was hard um, to close it down, especially because there were many people around the globe who was using this product. And uh, I think that was uh, also something that brought me the higher satisfaction, right? Not how much money we made, but when I was closing it, many people just um, wrote me, oh, hey, I'm so sorry that you're closing the project but you showed me how different marketing can be and we learned so much things from you and your team. So that was really the biggest success. I really felt that we shared the knowledge at the end of the day across the globe from you know Australia, Southeast Asia, Russia, Africa. We work with all those teams together and we brought them all together as well. That's amazing. Is that also what motivated you, I guess, now slash later on to found something of your own or how is that transition from being at rocket and building something and there and then to now where you're building something again but on your own this time so i think i always had this entrepreneurial drive as i told you like um i really love not only to build things because that's not um, that's not the main goal but definitely to share the knowledge and to improve to innovate right and when I see um, a problem 
who uh, which didn't uh, which hasn't been solved yet i'm like definitely like i will dig into this i will think about the solutions and and sometimes i just cannot really sleep because <laughs> i'm just starting to think about this crazy idea and how that could be solved and etc so at the end i always uh, knew that i want to start my own business however um, i thought i wasn't ready so I, I applied to uh, Stanford for an MBA. Unfortunately, I did not get in. Um, I will try again <laughs> until I'm there. And then I started applying for jobs. Yeah, so I was applying. I couldn't really get excited about any business idea of the companies I applied to. Um, and of course, at the same time, I also thought about this couponing problem, which I already noticed at Rocket Internet. So the problem was that many companies uh, spend too much money on coupons. At the end, they don't have a strong infrastructure for uh, coupon management and not only coupons, but I mean all those uh, promotion, promotions, uh, right? Like referral marketing, discounts, etc. So. At the end, um, I also noticed at Rocket a lot of coupon abuse and um, the fact that customers were overwhelmed with promotions. So they didn't really care anymore because if you get so many coupons from, you know, uh, Facebook ads, from with your, at your mobile app, um, also offline, right? If someone gives you the coupon, you just stop, take, uh, stop caring. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, but of course I thought I'm not ready. Yeah, I, it's one of those things that's very, I'm going to say, um, I recently read a book, it's called Playing Big by Tara Moore, about women playing burger and limiting beliefs. And that's one of the biggest one women have. And funny enough, I was going to say, I think it's actually fortunately that you didn't get into the MBA. Because <laughs> yes. one of the classic things women do is like, I need to study something more. Or I need to get more like practical experience in this before. Yes. It's always this before I do this that I really want to do and I actually could do right now. I need to do all these other things. Yes, that's totally true. So I, I'm also right now happy that I didn't get in. So I started interviewing with, with other companies. I met a lot of founders and I noticed an interesting thing. So it doesn't matter how experienced the founder is or from which consulting company he's coming from, they all make mistakes, really. They all create the prototypes, they all, you know, it doesn't matter if they raise money or if they haven't raised money, they all make a lot of mistakes. Um, so I thought, okay, so how about I just start my business and focus on this problem? Um, then I started, then it went easier than I thought at the very beginning. Although I decided to bootstrap with the minimum resources, I, I, I'm pretty happy about that decision. Yeah, and, and right now, as I told you before, we got uh, accepted into uh, Google for Entrepreneurs. Amazing. Uh, program. Again. <laughs> um, thank you. Of course, that came after um, thousands of their rejections um, that I got. So. Um, it's not, it's uh, never that easy how it how it looks, but I'm really happy that we will spend some time in in San Francisco and learn more how they do things over there. Yeah, I think what you just said just now is the same reason um, 
I think it's important to have these conversations in whatever form because when you see people from the outside you always say like oh they can't do that but I can't but I think when you actually talk to people and listen to what they went through and what they did you're like okay it wasn't easy for them they didn't have all these glamorous things or these things that I don't have so to say and actually yeah I can do it and I think that's the, the inspiring part to see somebody I mean the journey you just outlined in, the, in, this, in this interview is like a huge journey it's not just like you came to Berlin one day and decided okay, I'm going to start a company like that's not how it went and there were so many stops and so many successes and then roller coaster back down and then back up and and yeah, as you said, it also never ends. Like you have successes and then it goes back down and there's something that happens yes. and then there's another success. And I think it's really important to remember that we all have that roller coaster. Yes, so of course, uh, first you really need to believe in yourself. So just believe that you will make it. At the end of the day, you will make it, right? And the second thing, what's really important is to really think about what worse can happen what will happen if I fail? Okay, I can close that project, but at the end you learn a lot. Not only on doing the job, but also the people you, uh, you're meeting uh, on, your, uh, on your way, on your journey. And that's, that's really great. I'm sure I wouldn't have a chance to meet half of the people that, that are advising me uh, today and mentoring me if I hadn't started this project. Yeah, no, and I think that what you just said just now about the people, I would also say it's reflected in your story from your grandma who showed you, I'm going to say, equality in a way that was maybe back then not even that common to, I'm sure, having your friend come with you to Berlin made a huge difference to just coming here alone and uh, having mentors and people you admired at work who helped you grow and all these people that are on your way is super important to help you get there as well as having the belief in yourself when there's people who say no you can't and you say like well I'm going to do it anyway or I am yeah. going to do it. Yeah so definitely I think of course like I made a lot of mistakes on the way and I met a lot of people who, who were not really cool to me or of course many people said hey she shouldn't have get that uh, promotion right but at the end of the day if you think of it our career journey will last until I don't know 60 right at least, um, at least. <laughs> yeah exactly so like frankly speaking I don't even remember about those people anymore right they come they go they tell you you're crazy but at the end you're the one that just leave them behind and so basically don't let them have impact on your life and especially if uh, you look at your long-term career because we're all very young like mostly um, women who are meeting uh, around or at the events they're all in their 20s 30s right but it's still we all have around 25 30 years left to go yeah so don't think about those people who are just criticizing you. They will stay where they are right now. Think about yourself. What is that you want to do now that you will actually enjoy for the next 30 years, right? Yeah, no, that's super important. And what you just said actually reminds me of this, this saying that is um, people only have as much power over you as you give them. So if Definitely. you give them a lot of space in your life, they're going to bring in a lot of negativity if you let them. But you can also say like, okay, that's your opinion and I respect that. 
but I'm not gonna let you influence what I feel like every day. Yeah, yeah. So we should, uh, as a woman, we should definitely try to always distinguish uh, constructive, uh, constructive feedback from just stupid critic, right? That yeah. you should not do this, you should not do that. Okay, and then you just tell them, okay, the 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 fact that you won't do it doesn't mean I won't. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think what you said is a lot of people also project their personal things onto other people. Yes, definitely. Amazing, amazing journey. I do want to um, wrap up with some three quick little questions. Sure. I think you already mentioned a couple of these, but if you would just say, what are your main three things maybe that you think a good leader needs to be or do or remember or anything like that? Definitely listen to people. So I think at the beginning of my career journey, I was trying to work a lot. So I would just sit in front of my computer, I would just do stuff, learn all those specialities, as I have told you. But at the end of the day, it's all about people. So listen to your team and also listen to your customers if you're building something that it's, it's on the market. You need to remember that your vision is one thing. But at the end, you should not build your vision for yourself but you're building for other people and together with other people. I think that's that's very important. And over the years, I also learned how to be more open to other people and how to really, we uh, really network and talk to them and um, really really help other people uh, and focus on them. I think that's a great point. And is there maybe something? I mean, and as you said, I think people are always the biggest component. So having a mentor, having someone to talk to and to help you is, is super big. Was there maybe another, I'm gonna say quotation mark, resource? Was there maybe a book that inspired you or something you saw or anything that you would recommend to, to women that they may, can maybe dive into to get inspired? Um, that's a hard question. So I think I look at inspiration, not in terms of resources, but also more about, um, again, people. Right, so uh, I'm trying to always learn from people. Um, I'm trying to observe the situations, how they react, even even uh, the small situation. So, for instance, I was once um, eating lunch and I was uh, staying uh, alone at the company terrace, and there were some other people, but they were distributed, right? And then I didn't really know how to talk to them. But then my boss came, he went to the guy who looked very senior and he said, hi, um, that's my name. We haven't seen each other yet. We haven't met yet. And this is something like I can read a book about networking, mm -hmm. how to start, right? But you can actually learn from people around you if you really have your eyes open, you listen and you just try to replicate things. So yeah, I must admit, I used that phrase uh, like thousand times since then. <laughs> I guess uh, my boss didn't even, doesn't know that. So yeah, but apart from that, um, I really like the books, uh, Lean In, of course, by Cheryl. I can really relate to that in many her, um, her cases and uh, user stories. So that is, that's a great resource. He, she showed um, how to solve uh, sometimes certain situations. Apart from that, I like uh, how Google works. I think it shows you a different way of thinking. So I really enjoyed this book because it's very much 
not only how to think outside the box, but also how to create that culture. So um, as a European, I think I had uh, a little bit different uh, mindset about hiring people, right? Mm -hmm. And this book really shows you um, that, hey, don't hire people based on your based, based on their skills, but more based on their attitude, which I also experience it's very important. Yes, absolutely. And I think your one tip maybe uh, listeners will use now this high, I don't think we've met yet, um, especially in bigger companies is super valuable. I think we forget we're like in a little like bubbles of the people we spend time with and don't branch out as we should, which can be super valuable. Yeah, definitely. I like I never met a person who would just walk away. I'm just yeah. saying, hi, I'm Evelina, you know, we haven't met yet. Just putting my hand there and then it's it's a completely different uh, conversation right uh, and actually this enabled me to create a great connections and meet awesome people I wouldn't have if I was not the first one to to take my hand there yeah <laughs> that's true any parting words for for the women and men who are listening <laughs> Yeah, so maybe to, to wrap it up, the one thing I noticed that is that women focus too much on the future. Even the female organizations that we have right now, it's, you know, the future is female, the future, whatever, right? But no, it's not about the future, it's about now. So do it now, the female is now, just go there right now. <laughs> And that's, I think, a super good thing to end with. So go out there, turn off the podcast, and... Um, and start it now. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks so much, Evelina. Thank you as well. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. I hope today's episode helped you unleash the baddest boss within you. Find the link to the show notes with all key takeaways and more on today's guest in the episode description. Love this episode? Head on over to iTunes or SoundCloud to subscribe and never worry about missing an inspiring interview again. Until next time. <laughs>